that Nye Atkinson song that's just showing how massive we are as a football club is fucking flying around all Twitter. Best song, best song we've had that I can remember. I think that is the best song Hearts have ever made up for a footballer. Nye Atkinson needs to start living up to his song. See if he discovered it, he's and I, I've been having this thought you can how at the end of that Rangers Leipzig game right they played that shitty song for John Lindstrom and the whole fucking stand was singing it I've got I've got visions of Natty Atkinson scoring a winner against Zurich and we're all, we're all jumping about you know if you're looking for a right back from Australia Daniel Atkinson and it's going to be immense and I can't wait Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Matty to talk about our Europa League playoff round tie with Zurich, chat a little bit about our defeat at Parkhead and we preview St Johnston on Sunday. Well recovered from Thursday then? Hi, just about. I had a couple of, couple of good sleeps. Monday was still a struggle but... Did you have a, did you have a three day hangover Matty or was it... No, I was just knackered for the, for the journey home, to be honest with you. I felt all right on the Thursday. Between the, the sort of lack of sleep and the, the massive bruise on my arse from stacking it on the stairs and went 1-0 up. Like, it's at the back, like sort of near my hip, and it was exactly where my bag was sitting on the whole journey home. And when we were getting an hour-long train and fucking two connecting flights, it was, it was painful. It was really, really painful. But it wasn't just me. Everyone I've spoke to seems to have absolutely stacked it at some point or another. So, yeah, though those stairs were were pretty slippy, weren't they? They were pretty bad. I mean, a few of our mates were were quite. I, th- I think I think one of them actually fell. Must have fell about six times. I think he spent more time on the ground than standing up. Eh? Yeah, and he probably spent the second half sleeping. You know who you are. <laughs> fraud. Absolute fraud. Absolute fraud. But we got back in one piece. Um. Gordon had a good trip all round, I would say. Enjoyable. First time I've been out of the country since 2019. Uh, I've picked up your traditional traveller's cold. Absolutely suffering for it now. <clears throat> um, but yeah, listen, it was a good trip. Expensive trip, actually. I was buzzing with myself, thinking, yeah, we've organised a really good route. Um, and then we get done 100 quid in trains. So um, not too happy about that. Uh, the price of beer was a bit pre- actually the price of a McDonald's was a disgrace and absolutely nearly what I think me and Sarah paid something like 38 quid altogether for two meals at McDonald's shocking, shocking. I, need to come in, I need to come in and back that one up quickly I wasn't expecting to jump in but when I got home pished on Thursday night stroke Friday morning I got myself an Uber Eats delivery mm-hmm. Big Mac mm-hmm. meal large checked my bank account today uh, when you include the charge for it being paid for in non-great British pounds, it cost me £21 for a large Big Mac meal. <laughs> I know, it's um, it's proper bad, like, and then when we got back to our hotel, got stuck in the lift as well. Um, so that just compounded things for me, like... Um, so you're explaining to the listeners that it wasn't a very good trip then for you? <laughs> well, yeah, I think I've contradicted myself there by saying that. It was a good trip, actually. In actual fact, I'm a good beat, so no, it wasn't a good trip. Crap, won't be back, no. Um, but big up the Swiss, though. I thought they were they were gracious and fantastic hosts. I thought the police were excellent uh, with us. Um, I've never seen organisation like that. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, bringing uh, port cabins into the town square just so no one would start pissing against walls. Um, had bins there for us to put our uh, drink in, and then they transported us straight to the ground for free, and then right back to the train station after the game. So... Um, fantastic. I, th- I thought they were fantastic with us. Um, there was a good carnival atmosphere. The fans that went over were brilliant. Um, we all really enjoyed ourselves, despite getting absolutely drenched um, in the rain. Um, but overall, I think it's that's my first experience of seeing Hearts abroad. I've seen Hearts in Europe away from home at Tottenham and Liverpool, but that's the first time I've actually travelled abroad watching Hearts. So um, so it was great. It was good, and um, disappointing result, disappointing performance actually. Um, but overall, the trip um, enjoyable. Just good to to actually experience it. Yeah, the organisation, Matty, was superb. We'll talk about the game, but you know, it's a different view. It's a different, it's a different way of treating football fans, isn't it, on the continent? 
I mean, yeah, if I thought it was great. I mean, Gordon touched on it there. One of the things that stunned me and probably stunned every other Hearts fan that was in Zurich was when you went to the train station, the train arrived when it said it was going to arrive, which when you're when you're at least travelling away games on ScotRail, I mean, that, that in itself was a novelty. They were a wee bit pricey, but I'll pay it because you, you got a seat. Did, yeah, you see the double-decker trains, by the way? We were on two of them. You got, oh, I never even got on one. I was, oh, fuming. I wanted, I wanted, I'm assuming you went upstairs, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, good, yeah, good, yeah. Good, good, I've good, been good. on them before, to be fair. You get them in Germany as well, in France and that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Heaven. Four mile long trains, cambered, cambered railway, so it could go as fast as fuck around all the corners. Like, what a place. It's amazing what happens when you don't have to pay tax. Amazing. And on to the game. I mean, we, we did go 1 0 up. Um, a lot of us were, were that drunk we didn't realise we had a penalty, Gordon. Um, Lawrence Shankland scoring the goal. Um, and then we obviously lost the game 2-1 with two goals in two minutes. Were you quite disappointed or are you happy that it's 2-1 going into the, the second leg this week? Um, I think on the balance of play, I think we're lucky it's probably going, uh, it's, it's 2-1. So from that point of view, yeah, I guess we can be happy, but I have to be disappointed with the performance um, to go 1-0 up, particularly when I think they'd only really threatened us from um, shots from outside the box. They hadn't really cut us open at any point, and then we went 1-0 up, and I thought, great, you know, we've got the goal here. Um, and it was our only... I mean, we had flashes, and, and we certainly I thought we looked okay at times, but we had never really came out of second gear, which disappointed me. I thought we we started to get a little bit sloppy. Um, a lot of people mentioned that, you know, it might have been a nervous thing, and maybe it was, but I just thought going there, there was a real opportunity for Hearts to, to lay down um, lay down some markers going into the second leg. And, um, you know, particularly when you go 1-0 up abroad. Um, and it's not as if it was a proper intent. Intimidating atmosphere. I mean, the Swiss were actually really good, to be fair. Uh, the Zurich fans behind the goal, I thought they made a lot of noise for 7,000. It was quite loud, so um, fair play to them. But for us to go 1 0 up, and I thought we just, um, I thought that would have given us a boost because I thought we were winning 1 0 without playing particularly well. And we get the penalty, obviously, it doesn't look like the referees gave the penalty, and then he changes his mind. I don't know if the linesman maybe gave it. Um, I think he might have done because that's when I realised we'd got the penalty because. The Zurich players were were straight over to him, so it must have been his decision. Um, and then it's a it's a it's actually a fantastic penalty from Shankland because the goalkeeper reads it, but it's that good. It's placed right in the corner that he's he's not saving it. No goalkeeper would save that. Um, so we go one 0 up, and then we just give away two stupid goals. You know, Natty Atkinson. I think you have to say was at fault for both of them, unfortunately. Um, and the equalised, but it, it wasn't. Wasn't a disaster them getting level in the game, but you just thought, right, calm down, let's get it to half time, and then we give another stupid goal away, and suddenly the ties turned on its head, and I think there was a real danger at that point that it could that the whole the whole tie could have got away from Hearts, and um, thankfully it didn't. Uh, they didn't really create too much. Craig Gordon didn't have an awful lot, I thought, to do. He had to make a couple of good saves, but I thought from going there, I thought they would absolutely batter us and try and put this tie to bed by going to, going to Tynecastle, and I don't think they've done enough on the night. Um, I mean, they, they had the big chance at the end where it was two against one, and um, they'll be kicking themselves to never make the third, because I'll be honest with you, I was absolutely bricking it when I seen them through on goal. I thought, oh, this is a disaster, because when it actually got with a few minutes to go until the end, you thought, yeah, I'll, we'll take 2-1. There's only a goal in it. We can, I think we can turn that around in the second leg, and 3-1. Um, you can still come back from it, but it, it makes it hell a lot tougher. Um, so, yeah, we managed to, to get away with that. And I think that save at the end from Craig Gordon could be the one that actually um, could be the difference between Hearts going out and, and potentially even going through. So we'll see. It's a different game at Tynecastle, Of course it is. But I think we have to be slightly disappointed uh, with the performance overall. Um, it could have been better, but it's not a disaster. I suppose you've got to remember, Matty, it is our first European playoff for a decade. Um, this team, you know, have shown in the league games they are good enough. Is there a disappointment from yourself, like Gordon, that we didn't maybe nick a draw or, or win the game considering the, the calibre of goals that we conceded? I mean, 
I think for me, I was just more disappointed with the way we played more than the result. I think if you'd offered me 2-1 going into the game, I'd have done a bit in your hand off for it. It's always it's always a half-decent result to take, a, even, even a 2-1 defeat away from home and you're at home in the second leg. So in terms of the result, I'm actually not disappointed. I think I would have loved more, don't get me wrong, like, but I'd have loved to have came, came back to Tynecastle having won or picked up a draw. But result-wise, I'm not overly disappointed with. What I was disappointed with was just the way we played the game. I thought the way we set up was um, negative. I don't think it gave us much of an outball. I thought uh, particularly Haran and Devlin to name two, who I rate both massively as footballers, by the way. I'm not saying they're bad, but they lacked a bit of confidence in there. We never had someone in the middle of the park that could put his foot on the ball, especially after we conceded the first goal. We lose the second goal so so quickly in succession was was could it could have could have been disastrous to be honest with you. And then even after that, I don't think we ever really had a stage where we calmed the game down, slowed it down, brought it back on air level. I thought Haran looked rushed in possession. I thought Devlin looked rushed in possession. I think part of that, to be honest with you, was the shape. I think when you play with the back three, you need someone that can bring the ball into the middle just for numbers. And when you're playing two men in the middle of the park, I don't think you've got the right amount of numbers in there to try and dictate a game of football. I think we look better when we play with one off the striker coming in. It gives us a link ball. I don't think Shanklin would ends up so isolated like he. I mean, not again, no criticism on Shanklin, but he was involved twice. He scored a penalty, and I'm pretty sure he was linked linked up for George. Was involved in the link play for George Grant shot, and that was the only two things we'd done all game, and sort of in an offensive point of view anyway. Thought Mackay looked like he was at the level. He showed he can compete at that level. I think, obviously, Craig Gordon. We were always going to have to rely on Craig Gordon. No matter what the result, if we get into the Europa League, it's going to be because we have Craig Gordon. But that was always going to be the case. And I don't like people that think that's a negative thing either. I hear everyone come in, oh, you're only in the tie because your goalkeeper is Craig Gordon. I'm like, well, that's what he's there for. We're only in the tie because Lawrence Shanklin's brilliant at scoring goals as well. Like You didn't criticise it when it's a striker, so why is it different when it's a goalkeeper? He's a world-class footballer. I mean, you've got a world-class footballer in goals and you're going to be able to, I mean, make it make the saves like he did at the end. But he made a few. He made a few good saves in that game, kept us in the tie. Overall, though, I'd say I'm happy. It gives us something to go for at Tynecastle. And I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait for Thursday. I'm so excited just to, just to be in it. Because my memories of European football at Tynecastle were so long ago. Zagreb was the last one. And my God, it was rocking that night. And I'm looking forward to living that again. Talking about that Zagreb game and the atmosphere at Tincastle, Matt, I'll come back to you and then I'll go to Gordon. Do you think that'll spook Zurich? I mean, they're a team that have just won the the, the league in Switzerland. You know, is, is that going to come into play here? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think it'll spook them. I mean, they will play and in, in have players that have played in relatively intimidating atmospheres before. I know the young winger that they've got on has made, made appearances for Italy. They've got the boy in the midfield that's about 95 years old. I'm sure he's a Swiss internationalist as well. So he'll have played, he actually had a good game. He's he's kind of what we were missing, an older head in the middle of the park to put his foot on the ball and calm things down. They've got players in their team that have, that have got European experience. Like you say, they won the league last year. I know they've lost a few players since then, but the core of the squad will be used to playing in big games. There's some, I mean, young boys in, are, a, are a big team as well. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it'll spook them, but I don't think it'll spook them per se. I think what it will do is it'll spur us on and it'll bring us to a different level and I think that's where the advantage is to be had. And they're going to set up differently at Tincastle, Gordon, aren't they? I mean, we have to set up to go and attack and win. Yeah, well, we we do and, and Matty kind of stole my point there about I think the atmosphere will absolutely spur the players on and I think the the issue is when you go away from home, I think you're always going to set up slightly more defensively. And I think the fact that they have something to protect, you'll probably see them um, have more of a defensive shape, particularly because it's a team that's been conceding goals. They're going to face a team that is actually scoring quite a lot of goals, particularly at home. Um, so I think you'll see us having more of the ball. I think you'll see, I th- I think you'll see them try to sit in and maybe do us on the counter. Um, but I, I generally think we've got to be quick. We've got to get the crowd on our side. Don't let frustration settle in early. If we can get an early goal, 
it just gets everyone up uh, off their seats and um, the atmosphere will be electric. So, yeah, I think I think it's important that we do start positively. I think we've said it plenty of times. I just don't think the back three suits Hearts. I, I just think it leaves a shot in midfield. And you've seen Devlin and Haran. I thought they got overrun. Um, I think that was clear to see. And then when we did actually switch the formation, even though we didn't really create anything, I mean, Forrest had half a chance where uh, we'd done well and he just sliced the shot rather than put it across the face of Oak and he had two men running in as well. Um, but I don't have I no issue where I'm having a shot there. Um, but apart from that, you've seen us, we had more of the ball and uh, and we actually looked more of an even contest, I thought, at times. Obviously, they showed at the end there um, that they can do us on the counter and, and we'll have to watch for that, of course. But I think at Tynecastle, it's a tighter pitch. It suits us better. And I think if we can uh, if we can get an early goal, get uh, gain ourselves up, get the crowd on our side, then um, there's no reason why Hearts can't go in and win the tie. I mean, it's certainly there for them. Um, but whether they'll grasp it or not, I think that's the big question. Do you expect Robbie to play the, the back four instead of the, the back three or five or seven, as you said? Yeah, I, I think I would expect him to go with a back four. I think just because of, obviously, Halkett's injury as well, um, I think it almost forces his hand to an extent. I think it'll probably be Kingsley and Rolls who'll be the, the two centre-halves. Um, I would imagine he'll stick with Cochrane at left-back and, and, to be honest with you, he'll probably play Smith at right-back, I think. Um and then it's interesting to see what he'll go with in, in midfield. I think he probably goes with um, Haran Devlin. And um, and it's whether or not he starts kind of George Grant or not. Um, I think that'll be the interesting one. I, I would, um, because I think he's a good footballer. And I think when you're looking to create chances, um, having someone like him in there alongside Mackay, um, is probably the right way to go. I think Boyce could come back in as well. So it will be interesting. I think the, the big questions are what he does offensively rather than maybe defensively. I just think with the way the injuries are. I'd, I, and because, you know, it's not as if we're winning the tie. There's nothing for, I think, Hearts to lose here. So they might as well be positive. Um, you know, if you go and get beat 2-0, but you approach the game in the right way, you, you know, their goalkeeper makes four or five world-class saves and you've battered them, but they've done you twice on the counter then. No one's gonna, no one's gonna go away booing the team. Um, so there's ways to lose games, and I just hope that um, that if we are to go out, we've went down fighting, and not from the 60th minute. I'm talking about from the first minute. Is it a failure if we fail to qualify for the Europa League, Mai, or is it just a, you know? We're in the Conference League anyway. We've got nothing to lose, as Gordon says. It depends on how we fail if we fail. This is sort of, it sounds like a very diplomatic answer. But if we go out with a whimper, then yes, it's a failure. If we give it everything we've got, get ourselves back level in the tie, are pushing them, have chances, and you walk away for that game. I mean, I want to walk away for that game of being in the Europa League. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think we've got every chance to get going in there if we start positively. But if you walk away for the game and you're going, ah, well, if that shot had just went the other side of the poster, what a save that was for their goalkeeper. And we go under those circumstances, then you can say, well, fair enough, we gave it a goal. If we get beat 3-0, then it's a failure. Yeah, 100%. And um, it just goes back to what I was saying there. I think if Hearts start positively, I think they'll have that type of opportunity to win the game um, I mean I think the only way they're they're going to knock us out is if we're a bit defensively naive um, when we are attacking and they'll do us on the break but I just think if Hearts start positively batter them because they're, listen they're not a good defensive side um, that, that, that that's the big thing I think we need to, to figure out here you know if fair enough if it's a, a proper solid outfit we're coming up against this is a team that has hemorrhaged goals um, and I think it's 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 almost perfect for Hearts. I think to to play against a team like that because I, I'd say I think they'll sit in and they'll try and be a bit defensive because that's kind of what their manager's a bit like um, Foda. And I think if um, I just don't see them listen, if they did come out, I think it would actually probably suit us because we've got the pace to get in behind them. But I think they'll sit deeper. But that and that's why you want your creative players on the ball, keep the ball moving quickly. 
Um, don't give them a second to, to set into, um, into their formation. Pepper their goal. We've got good footballers. We shouldn't be afraid of them. And, uh, and as I said, you'll you have the atmosphere rocking. If Hearts can fly into a one-two goal lead, then it just gives them that extra 110 uh, sort of extra percent to get over the line. And then, you know, you've got the the Swiss boys who I think their head goes down a little bit, the confidence goes a little bit because they aren't on a great run. Um, but the more you give... Because that's what I thought we'd done on Thursday was we just respected them too much. And I just don't think that Hearts should go there believing that just because they are the Swiss champions that they're a better side than, than Hearts. Hearts were a so-called second string side went to Parkhead on Sunday. And I thought, I, don't, I would love to see the stats, but the possession stats must have been close because I think Hearts had a lot of the ball, particularly in the second half, and they used it well. They just we didn't quite have that little bit of quality up front. Um, and that was with Mackay and Shankland not coming on until you know 20 minutes to go. I feel like if we start the game with our strongest team at home, Hearts have got every chance. And uh, and if they believe in themselves, if they play the way that we know they can, the manager sets us up in the best way possible, we've got a really good opportunity of winning the game. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But there's a big opportunity for us and hopefully we can take it. A first at Tyncastle then for a European tie. Um, no away goals rule in place. Does that affect the tie in any way, do you think? I mean... I think it's affected all European ties. I mean, I, I quite like it, to be honest with you. I quite like the fact that there's no there's no away goal in Europe. You know, not, not talking about hearts here because, you know, we've had vast experience with European ties. But, like, just generally watching, like, the Champions League, uh, watching all the other European knockout games that I've watched last season, I quite enjoyed it. I think it opens the games up a little bit more. It stops you from panicking. Like, we're in a... We did, like say there was away goals, we've got a wee away goal, right? You're going and say we went 1-0 up, you're defending for your fucking lives at that point. Like, but I don't. that doesn't happen now. There's not that jeopardy of conceding, and I think that allows you to actually go out and attack. It might cost us. I mean, we might end up in a situation where we do win the game 1-0 and we would have went through on away goals, but I just generally prefer it without the away goal. I think it brings more of the game, more of the ties of the spectacle. And it always used to piss me off when teams went through and away goals. I'm pretty sure um, years ago, I think it might have been when was it when AC and Juve played each other in the Champions League final. One of them went through and away goals every single tie on the way through at the cup final. And I was like, fuck off. Joke. But, so I'm glad it's gone. Yeah, that's why you'll never see an Italian winner of the Champions League again. That's how Inter shithoused their way at the Champions League might, final. It might, it might have been Inter I was thinking about. I know one Italian, there was an Italian team that done it. There was, it was Mourinho's, it. Mourinho's Inter, wasn't it? Might have been, because um, he did. Then, he was definitely away goals at the new Camp. I know that for a second. I, but to be fair, they, they, they were absolutely cheated that night, actually, at the new Camp. The referee tried his best to get Barcelona through, but um, so <laughs> but I just mind his, his iconic celebration running on the park and pointing up to the away fans and all the Barcelona players like, trying to get to him in there. <laughs> so honestly, that, that was one of the angriest I've ever seen the Barcelona crowd because, I mean, it's usually for like about 20,000 people for Spain and about 70,000 tourists. So it was quite yeah. nice to see them. No, they, 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 that was when the Champions League was the Champions League, yeah. No, I think um, I think, I think Matt is right in what he says. I think it allows teams to have more of a go. Um, we would have our away goal, but I think it would change our mentality going into this game. We know that we're 2-1 down in the tie and we've got to come out and, and we've got to blow these away where I think we would probably start the game slightly more cautious and try and build up to a goal knowing that we only need one goal here. So let's maybe start uh, with a back three and and build into the game, make sure we don't, we, we aren't, you know, because if, if they score an away goal, 3-1 down in aggregate, it's almost, it's almost tie over. Where I think it's a totally different comp, uh, a totally different outlook going into the game at this stage. So, yeah, I, I, I prefer it myself. Um, I think it's just a shame that we probably won't have the Europa League boards for this game. Um, I think that's the biggest Travis travesty, to be honest with you. Um, I know the reason why I want, don't want to go out is because you know the Conference League is all green branding. They want that round Tin Castle. 
To go back to your earlier point then, yes, Ross, if we do lose and we have to play in front of Green Brandon, it's an absolute failure because I will not be having that at Tyne Castle. <laughs> I, I do just want to go back, though. One wee thing about the away goal, Gordon touched on it as well. Uh, the last thing we need is for Robbie Nielsen to have an excuse to set up negatively. So if there was an away goal in play and he had the chance to nick just a one-goal lead, then you can guarantee we'd be starting with the back eight. You'd have Lawrence Shankland isolated up front on his own. And he'd have uh, Barry Mackay trying his damnedest to pass it to the one human being that happens to be in front of him. So there's another positive for not having no ego. Robbie Nielsen will not be able to Robbie Nielsen it. The one thing that does concern me, though, see if we do go one nil, uh, one goal up, right? See if he moves back to a back five and goes full Easter Road, I might explode. And uh, your are your are your screens up now, Gordon? I heard this week. I think one of them is. And this is the latest rumour that I heard because the main stand one isn't at the moment, but apparently it got damaged in transit. At least it was ordered. <laughs> well, well, well. At least, at least you might get your one, your one screen. No, I'll take, I can't I'll take see. a video of it. I'll take a video of it. Section G, send it across to you. It's directly opposite, mate. Like it's directly in the the wheat field stand, but I, I can't see. I can't see round. So you'll be too tight. Uh, you'll be able to see it. No, I'm not see it at all. Honestly, disgrace. I think there's a vendetta against you with the club. Been saying it for years. There's always a vendetta against Gordon. Every time something goes wrong, there's a vendetta against him. Uber hates him. FPL hates him. And Ryan. Budge hates him. Ryanair hated him. Ryanair hated him. The Lyft company hate him. Um, Listen, the, the Lyft was the final straw for me. That was um, That was a disgrace. I need, what happened? What happened with this lift? Yeah, like, we're, obviously, we're just, just for a bit of context for anyone that wasn't with us, by the way, Gordon never even checked into his hotel. <laughs> he arrived and he arrived in Zurich, threw his bags at the poor man that was behind the desk, was like, here, watch them, I'll be back at midnight steaming. Went off to the game, got pissed, came back, got stuck in a lift. So, what happened? Well, that's pretty much the gist of it, really. <laughs> um, no, we, like, we went we went out and it was like, one of proper tight claustrophobic lifts I hate tight spaces I'm a big guy that they, they weren't meant for me but why did you get in the lift eh it was up one flight of stairs of course you got the lift yeah exactly I, I mean I could barely walk um but I was you know we were soaking wet because it was pissing in the rain it's pissed um and then we got into this wee tiny lift it got all the way to the third floor and then it like sort of buckled and the door opened ever so slightly, like the wee tiniest little um, opening. And so, no, I was like, no, I'm not having this. It was like one o'clock in the morning or something. I'm like, no, not having it. So started pressing like the emergency buzzer thing. And then like some wee French woman uh, answered like, bonjour. And I was like, uh, hi there, the, the, the lift's broken. And then she just hung up on me. And that uh, infuriated me even more. Um, <laughs> Few choice words were said, and then eventually the uh, the man came up from uh, from down in the lobby, and he said he had phoned an engineer. And I says, "Well, how long is that going to take?" He says, "Well, I don't know. I could phone him again." I says, "No, you get your hands in there. We'll push for this side." And we managed to force the door open, and, and we got out um, in a true her- heroic style. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wasn't panicking because I was, um, but you know, in the end, I actually became the hero of the story. Well, me and the man. Um, because we managed to get the door open and save David and Sarah. There was a bit of drama over lifts. I need, I need to come into this. Did I tell you that our lift was broken in our wee hotel? Well, at least you weren't trapped in it. Oh, that's true. But they, 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 we came in and they were like, oh, so the, so the lift's broken. You, you can have the mini bar, right? The mini bar's free. So we were all like, fucking, let's get fired into this mini bar. This will be elite. Because, you know, in my head, mini bar's going to be stacked, right? Went up the stairs. Bear in mind, there's two people for a room. One beer. And a fucking fizzy water. Listen, I wasn't even offered a beer for my traumatic experience, so um, <laughs> I don't think you should uh, you should complain too much. At least you got something for free. We got 150 mil of lager for free and I had to walk upstairs. Well, I got a nightmare. I'm, I'm waking up in cold sweats. <laughs> PTSD of it, then you get plus, a lot. Plus David Campbell snoring. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a surprise you were dreaming hearing David Campbell snoring. I heard rumours from the first night that you were the one snoring, so that sounds like revenge. Let, let me tell you something about that, by the way. He started sleeping first and snoring first. I thought, oh no, what's going to happen here? I'm getting no sleep. We're up at Blinkin' 4 for our Dublin flight. 
And then something woke him up. I don't know what it was. Um, and then that allowed me a little window to get to sleep um, before he got back. In that hotel in Dublin, the walls were that thin. I could hear all of you snoring. Well, I, I've heard At least that's all you could hear. Snore as well, McLeod. You know, that's from, from the... You know, so... Lies. Lies. <laughs> tell you how I got woken up on the Thursday morning. Oh, oh yeah, 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 the bells. The bells, Ross, honestly. I took a video of it. We were about <laughs> four foot for this massive church, right? And for some reason in Zurich, they think it's, it's socially acceptable to chain bells for five minutes at seven o'clock in the morning every day of the fucking week. And then day it again at 11 o'clock and then day it again at four o'clock and then day it every 15 minutes just so you know exactly what fucking time it is when you're trying to get back to sleep. Right, defeat the Celtic at Parkhead. Um, did anyone actually watch the game? Let's enjoy Zurich and we can just ignore this. <laughs> we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. I mean, I love Zurich, to be fair. Good experience. Ended 2-0. Um, you didn't even watch it, did you? I watched the last 40 minutes. Oh, come on, I was trying to watch it on a completely legal version of Celtic TV. Come on, you've got to have some sympathy. <laughs> As was I. As you was you I. You cannot sit there and tell me that you didn't have that on mute. Uh, no, actually, do you know, for the comedy value, we didn't. Because um, there was at one point one of the Celtic TV commentators, I think Cochrane went down and he actually, and this was his exact words, he says, that there is a perfect example of a professional footballer trying to cheat. There was at one point, right, they, were, they kept getting caught legitimately offside. And one of the boys on the Celtic TV commentary was like, well, that linesman's quite keen on his flag. I'm like, because yeah. you're offside, yeah. Oh, did you hear one of them? Actually, at one point he said, um, where's Willie? Call him when you need him. Ah, I did hear that. I did hear that. I did hear that. Absolute disgrace. And then we go get two players saying off as if the referee yeah. fucking good enough for Shocking. them. Shocking. Absolute shambles. And they I call mean, us biased there. Eh? Honestly, it's unbelievable. You see nothing? on Twitter that the guy put up about how they get like the least fucking cards per foul about every club and it, it's like five years worth of data and it's like unbelievably swung towards Celtic I mean yeah. big bad physical hearts are right down near the bottom but the last side of it what, what, what do you make of that though the two sendings off I mean were, were they rightfully sendings off we're not going to talk about the Celtic goals because you know it's an episode. second yellow card's a yellow card and his first yellow card isn't and I think Cochrane's first yellow card's a yellow card and his second yellow card isn't so, bottom line, it's Celtic Park. What the fuck do you expect? And that's no changing with VAR either, by the way. Why do you think it's not changing with VAR? Because it was two yellows. They'll get away with shit, shit like that as much as they want. We'll just, I mean, we made 12 fouls or something. What was it? 12 fouls and got 10 bookings. Does anyone need to say any more? No. But Ross Stewart had a good game, Gordon. Well, every time he caught the ball, me and David were shouting, Cheesy! So we were his biggest fans from the living room. Uh, quite enjoyed week. I, I did. Well, fair play to yeah. him. You know, honestly, every time he caught the ball, we just shouted cheesy. And I quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I, I, listen, he'd he done his job as a goalkeeper. Um, fair enough. But it's all right doing it in front of 60,000 people. Can you do it on a cold Wednesday night at, at Motherwell? And the answer is no, he can't. Cheesy. <laughs> Cheesy. cheesy, big cheesy, big team of the week. Cheesy, yeah, no, nah, good for cheesy. Um, still yeah. needs a new goalie though. Danny, like one performance to sell it apart. Fill you, I think, can we done no. a new goalie? No, we do. GMS also needs the goal crap. Um, offered nothing. Uh, never does. Yeah, the, the, only, the, only, the only thing that fraud's ever done is fallen over his own fucking feet. Yeah, I think. Um, I think Arts were all right. I, I wouldn't say it was a bad performance. We've seen, to be fair, we all seen, we all feared the worst. I think when we seen the team, um, we thought this could be five or six quite easily. But um, credit to the team, I thought. I think clearly Celtic had a bit of an off day. Um, they were a bit nervous when it was one nil. Um, had we kept the eleven men on the park going into those last few minutes, you never know. You know, we we might have nicked a wee equaliser there. We had our attacking players on the park. Um, we just didn't really uh, trouble Joe Hart enough, unfortunately. Um, but then again, you know, I don't remember Cheesy being forced into too many saves. Uh, he made a good one in the second half, um, but I, I, I don't remember him. I don't remember his goal being peppered. To be fair, so um, 
perhaps maybe we got off lightly given the, the, the team that started. But it just shows you, though, if, if we do need to make a few changes and certainly Celtic, Celtic part for us anyways, the, are the worst possible game that you can get. But I think if we if we started that team, you know, at home to St Johnston, for example, I would I'd fancy them to win the game. And I think that's the, the point that I've alluded to quite a lot is a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Hearts will struggle for third just because they've got Europe. But it just shows you there that there actually is some decent players still in that squad and um, they can still play a bit of football. And I think if we can add still two or three um, to to the squad that have a bit a little bit of quality, um, then I think we'll be fine. Um, I think that's clear to see. So, yeah, the performance was decent. We just lacked a little bit up top. You know, if we could... I think Boise, obviously, I think in his twilight years now, um, enjoys coming in a little bit deeper. It's probably the first time he's played the lone striker role in a while. So um, you could see there that he still has habits of dropping in a little bit deeper. But I thought Alan Forrest played well, to be fair. Um, and I thought Ginelli done well. Um so, yeah, listen, overall, I thought it wasn't a bad performance, but um, I think what it just shows you that we've got a, a decent second side that we can put out and they can compete. Because they competed, you know, let's, let's, not, let's not pretend otherwise. They, they, were, they were in the game. Um, they had plenty of the ball. Um, we just, I think, didn't really have anybody up front that could properly um, turn someone and, and get a shot away at goal. Um, I think that was probably the issue for us, unfortunately. Gordon is right, though. With European football, with our group stage football, Matty, we're going to have to sign a couple more players to get us through this period before the World Cup, aren't we? I think so, and I think we will. I mean, it's been it's been well publicised that we're going to... Someone brings it up every time the show's brought out every week for the last three or, two, three or four weeks, so we're still a wee bit short. And I think it only highlights it. I mean, even with Halliday going off. Went off a wee bit. I actually thought he played quite well, but him going off when everyone again wanted to bring Smith on in the middle of the park. But where, I mean, where's really the question? I think we need a midfielder. Um, I don't think Janelli's good enough. I thought he played okay, but I don't think he's good enough. He's better than fucking Gary Mackay Stevens, but so I'd, I'd been off GMS before I got rid of Janelli. I wouldn't mind another wide player. Apparently we're looking at some Boyfy Forest, but I don't believe any Hearts rumours I read at the moment because it's just as likely we're going to sign somebody out of nowhere than bring him in. But, right, nice kind of idea. I think I mentioned it last time I was on. It's exactly the market I thought we'd look in. Getting near the end of August, we're going to bring in a couple of loan players. It's 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 what's going to happen. You just need to hope they're a good quality. And obviously St Johnston after Zurich. Do St Johnston pose any threat, Gordon? They have had one win this season against Motherwell near the start of the season. Listen, I remember watching Hearts go to Anfield and draw against the then-time five-time European champions. Um, we're a minute away from losing. Uh, sorry, from uh, from winning 1-0 um, over 90 minutes at Anfield, one of the notoriously toughest places to go in Europe and then go and lose 1-0 at home to Dundee, who were only in the league because Rangers went bust. Um, so I'm taking nothing for granted when it comes to Hearts playing against crappy dud teams in the league after a European game. Let, let, let's get let's get real. Since Johnson have a massive threat, um, one that I have some really, really great fear of, they've got a man who is definitely the most deadly footballer I've ever seen from one yard out playing for them. So we need to watch for near post flick-ons to the back stick. Um, I don't want to see him coming career in and at the back and scoring faith 30 centimetres out. I don't think he will. He's a good hearts man. Uh, I think I'd get my money on a Ryan McGowan own goal for about 30 yards. That would be quite nice. But it's at home, right? Right, then we're going to win. Because if it was away, we'd get beat because it's St Johnston. But we'll win at home. Did we not have John Sutton up front that day? Right. Yes, he where, was. Where, are, where are St Johnson in the league? They're 10th. Robbie Nielsen doesn't beat teams in the relegation zone. So yeah, that's true. That was our Achilles heel last season, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. Listen, Hearts need to be winning that game, regardless of Europe or not, whether they're on a high or a low from the Thursday. You've got to forget about the Thursday and then go on and do your job. Because actually, 
there's two big games coming up. We've got the St. Johnson game on Sunday, and then we've got a League Cup quarterfinal on. Uh, sorry, a League Cup last sixteen game on the on the Wednesday. So um, it's it's you know the team will need to be ready. They'll need to be fresh. Um, it's two vital, well, three vital home games coming up that they that need to win every single one of them, in my opinion. Um, so you'll obviously see changes to the squad, but I think if uh, if we can win on Thursday, then hopefully the momentum will carry on to the Sunday. It'll be another full house, and uh, we can go on and, and and get the victory. But St Johnson will be a difficult side. Uh, they'll they'll probably sit in and they'll probably see us. Um, they'll probably hope that we're a little bit energy zapped from the Thursday. Um, and then I think the longer the game t- stays tighter, that'll suit them. So if we can start like we did against Dundee United, go 1-0 up inside the first 40 seconds, um, then we'll be well on our way. But, you know, if we start the game like we did against Ross County, it could be a frustrating afternoon for Hearts. I think it could be a difficult game. The, it's about winning. I don't really care how we win that one. If, if we can get through Thursday night, Bring it in the St Johnson game at home. Any three points will do me quite ha- quite happily. I'll take the scrappiest of scrappy one 0 wins. Don't care. Just get the points on the board. But it will it will be a difficult match because, like Gordon said, we'll need we'll need to make changes, and hopefully we might have someone new by then. Give them a first start, but we'll need to make some changes and just just get the win. I don't care how you do it. Just win it. And predictions for Zurich first and then St Johnston. Gordon, I'll come to you first. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hearts 2, Zurich 0. Um, I think it will be two first-half goals. The place is rocking. It'll be back to the wall for 45 minutes and we'll scrape over the line. Matthew? Uh, I've got two predictions for the Zurich game. I think if we start with a back four, we'll win 3 now. I think if we start with a back seven, we'll get beat 3-0. I think we'll win 1-0. It'll go to extra time and penalties. I think we'll win it on penalties if it does. I trust big Craigie boys. Yep. I think I'll go to penalties. Last thing you said that was the cup final. And we all know what happened there. Well, it was half right. It went to extra time. How many shots on goal? Like why, 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 why am I sitting here? We need a goal in a European game, right? We're playing against the team that are so, so weak at the back, and I just, I just know that we're going to end up with fucking Sibic, fucking Rowles and Kingsley, with Harren and Devlin sitting in front of them, and Michael Smith at fucking wing back in inverted commas, because oh, it's going to be torture, and they're going to go one 0 up. And then we're going to make some changes and we're going to put in such a gallant performance and he's going to come out and he's going to say, oh, you know, we, we try to keep ourselves in the game and, you know, I thought the spirit that the boys showed. Maybe if you start attacking, we'll actually go through. But we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be worrying that our, ma- our, our manager is going to start with a back seven. We should be attacking. We won't. Can anyone sit here and tell me that they think we're not going to start with a back seven? Because- I, I think he's going to go out and attack. I think he's got to go out and attack. We've got nothing to lose. It's Tynecastle. I think attack. He's going to have a fucking heart attack if they bring on anyone with pace. Much like he's still wrote. That's why. I th- but I think we'll win one nil. But we'll have chance after chance. I believe in Robbie. I don't. Do you believe in Robbie to get a, a win over St Johnston? Then Matty, for your other prediction. I won now. He's good at winning the bread and butter games. He's just bad at winning the, ma- the matches he actually cared about. And Gordon? Uh, I don't know. I think if we knock Zurich out, we'll probably end up getting beat at St Johnston. It's the Hertz way. Um, there'll be such a come down and we'll end up losing 1 0. But um, I don't know. I'll say 0 0 because it'll be a, one of these afternoons, I think. Can I ask just before we go one more prediction? Ross, Thursday night, back four or back seven? Do you have to push me for an answer? I need an answer. Do you think he's going to start with a back four or a back seven? See, my heart goes back four. My head goes back seven because he's he's always done that, isn't he? You know, like any big game, he never he never plays he never plays the way you want him to play. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, we all know what we all know what I mean. You know what I mean. So, back four or back seven? 
But I've already said that earlier on the show, I don't think he's got any other choice to go um, with a back four. I just think, given the fact that, that Hulk is out, um, I just think he, he, he will play a back four. I don't think he trusts uh, Civic or um, or Nielsen to partner roles. Um, so I think it'll be him and Kingsley um, as the centre-halves. And I think he'll play Cochrane at left-back. And I think Smith will be at right-back. I don't think Atkinson comes back in. Um, that's what I think he'll go with. And then I think it comes down to who, who he starts in the middle of the park. Um, you know, obviously, I think it will be Devlin and Haddon. <clears throat> Maybe not Haddon, I don't know, because obviously, mind, he did start at Celtic Park. So I'd like to see Devlin and Grant with boys. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that would be a pretty good combination. Certainly, if you're, if you're wanting to... Because um, Devlin gives you that defensive cover as well, but I think we're, we're good enough with a back four that we are hopefully going to be doing most of the attacking anyway. So you need a bit of creativity in the middle of the park, and I think Grant will give you that. So it might be close to the side that started Easter Road, to be so honest. No, I just hope it doesn't end the same way it ended at Easter Road. Yeah, of course, of course. But um, but hopefully uh, injuries won't derail that. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think it it might be close to the same team that started the Hibs. I mean, I think Kingsley starts, right? Yeah, he does. The, yeah, the, he the, does. The, the question is, where does Kingsley start? He'll be centre half. I don't think he's putting him back at left back. I think Cochrane, in fairness to him, has uh, has been good. I know he played on uh, on Sunday, but I think he'll. I think he's he's young and he he's got energy. So I think he'll start at, uh, at start at left back. And to be fair, his performances this season have been good, and I don't think he deserves to be dropped for our, our biggest game of the season. No, I'd agree with that. I think Cochrane's been excellent. Um, I think it comes down to if if he's putting. Smith in there for Atkinson. I think I think he will. I think I he think. I, I think he would have. I think I did yeah. read that Smith was a bit. I think did he have a bug or something? Is the report that was flying around? I think that's an excuse for the start. Do you know what I think he's actually going to do? He's going to put Smith in a back three, and Atkinson's going to play. I was thinking no, he was going to play I, a back I, I four. Don't, I don't think he would do that. No, because that leaves yourself short completely. And I just think I, I I just don't see why he would start with a back three. Um. I, I know I know he's he's got previous for it, of course, but I just think there was no reason for him to do it at Ross County, and he'd done it against Ross County. You, you you've inspired me now, Ross. I know what he's going to do. He's going to play Atkinson at right wing back. He's going to have Sibic, Kingsley, and Rowles as three centre halves. He'll have Cochrane as a left wing back. So there's your five defenders. He'll have Peter Haran six. He'll have Cami Devlin. Seven, and he'll play Michael Smith in midfield as well, and he'll trump us all and go with a back eight. <laughs> I could, you could, and then you know that's it. You know the the plan was always Conference League. Starts easy up front. Oh, do me a favor, do me a favor. Oh God, nah, he's got to go and attack four at the back. Four at the back. It's got to be four at the back. It's got to be four at the back. The team comes out and it's four at the back. And I stand by my predictions. If he starts with four at the back, we'll scud them 3-0 because we're good enough. If he starts with his back seven, we'll get humped. All about the team selection on uh, on Thursday. So we'll just stay in the pub if, if it's a back seven. Drink and drown our sorrows in the fact we'll have to play in front of green fucking advertising for the next six months. I know. That's the prize. That's the prize that's on offer. Green... Forward as well. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take the draw off, and I'll be back on, back on fucking Sky Scanner trying to find out when I'm going to Rome. Well, it better be Rome. Yeah. It better be Rome. There's a 25 percent chance it's Rome. Oh. I hope so. I'm praying. Eh? Right, and well, like you, Lazio and fucking Roma are first seeds. I, I right? know. There's yeah. only eight groups. There's a one in four chance we're going to fucking Rome. Well, I, I honestly, mate, I, I really hope so. Mainly because uh, my grandfather's buried in Anzio. Never seen his grave before. Would love to take the old man out and my my two brothers. Be a good family trip. I mean, to be fair, I'll I'll, I'll be going for a, a, a lot longer than we were for the playoffs. So I'll probably have maybe four days. Aye, I'll uh, day, I'll day, I'll be doing it till the Sunday if it's Rome. Like, aye, we're not what, coming. What, 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 watch us get, watch us get Man United and we're on the train and the fucking. Oh, I'll greet, I'll greet. Well, I'm not one name. Crap. Been to Manchester. I've been I've been to Old Trafford fucking three times. Shit. Conference League, West Ham, Lingfield, and Shamrock Rovers. That's our draw. What? So we can just not go to Europe? 
<laughs> would be the hardest way, wouldn't it? Or see if I need to go back to fucking Dublin, right? The mo- the only place on a par that could possibly as be as expensive as Switzerland. I will be furious. I don't I know. We, we stayed was all right, to be fair. I mean, like we had our own wee uh, our own wee boozer, basically our own like restaurant uh, slash pub right in the midst of our hotel. Didn't even have to leave. I mean, it was it was a to be fair, it was a university campus. Yeah, exactly. Uni, great. Had a pint of Guinness as well. I had a pint of I had a Guinness when I was in Ireland. I'm not uh, a Guinness drinker, but uh, when yeah. in Rome, eh? Uh, exactly. When in Rome and all that. Um, no, I steal Ross's captions from his photos, but yeah. When you, know in Rome. you know what? I'm really looking forward to see if we do end up going to Rome. Can they're massive into their tenant super over there? Yeah, so uh, young Clum was saying. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. And you I'll know what? On a, I'll be on a Peroni. We Peroni. You know what? See if we do next away trip. I think um, a certain individual that shall remain nameless, but he knows who he is, needs to at least try and stand up before the game kicks off. Good point. I think that will be a different one. It, that's just the way it's going to go. It's such a big group, then there's quite a few lightweights in it. That uh, at some point it will be another one who will be uh, who will be cream cracker and won't see the game. Won't be me because unfortunately, um, I drink a lot. My bank balance doesn't help that. Um, so I'll I never. Spend, really I spent fifty quid in the stadium. Yeah, when you're six foot three and you know you end up just drinking a lot. Unfortunately, you could take a lot of bevy, and it's not a good thing. I'm not encouraging that. Trust me, I'd be I'd I'd quite enjoy being snookered after three pints. It would it'd be same a lot of aggro. I bought ten pints in the ground. They weren't off for me, like we were sharing them about, but how the fuck did I buy ten pints in the ground? Yeah, I must have had about I don't know, at least see, five. See, see on that, right? And I was I buying them two there. at a time, anyway. I, I was buying them four at a time with the wee carrier that you were. <laughs> <laughs> but see on that, right? Have you noticed? It's rude not to. The, the the mental thing about that, right? Right. You could go down the stairs, go for a piss, get four pints, get a holder for your four pints, and be back up in less than five minutes. You can't yeah. get a pie in Tyne Castle inside half an hour. It's a joke. Very true. The Europeans do it right. Well, thank you for joining me this week. Yeah, hopefully we do get to Rome in the Europa League. Until next week, goodbye. Announce Manchester. Oh, Benny. <laughs> oh, no.